0: take off to the sky now we out the bag and we back
1: into the hot takes let's do it for the hot takes hot takes the hot takes takes. heat check let's do it yeah now we doing the hot takes on Falcon and Winter Soldier and we're gonna do a review of episodes 1 to 3 And we'll also be referencing everything we also said about Isaiah Bradley. So, check it out. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, what was your take on episode one? Coming out the gate, this was Falcon and Winter Soldier. This is how we're going to introduce ourselves. The first scene, like, what were your thoughts?
0: My thoughts was that I'm still in the movies,
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Still
0: in the movies, mm-hmm. still have the same cinematic quality. It's official. Um, the way he's moving with those wings, he's flown with it. Um, the the way he's being creative with the wings. That's why I say he didn't need the shield, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, you could get out to Bucky if he wanted whatever. He already gave it <laughs> away to the Smithsonian. And shout out to On uh, War Machine Don Cheadle for coming through. That was a nice little cameo right there. Mm-hmm. Um nah, it, it was official though. You know what I'm saying? It, it was definitely hot. The uh the action scenes are crazy. Um seeing uh Sam Wilson <laughs> broke. You know what I'm saying? My man has no paper. All of this work that he's doing, putting his life on the line and getting nothing for it, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just being able to dive deep into the character and see his family, his personal life, get a little bit of history on him is, you know, definitely a nice touch on the show. Um, Where you at with it?
1: So I'm glad you talked about that. I thought there was definitely something interesting to be said about the fact that Sam Wilson, a.k.a the Falcon also right-hand man at the time to Steve Rogers, AKA captain America has financial troubles. How is it that Bucky who was basically on America and the world's most wanted list as a convicted killer and felon has a good situation. We see that immediately in the first episode and I'm thinking, okay, so Sam is trying to just get money and a loan from a bank his sister sarah is basically the one that was always there when he disappeared after the blip and he came back five years later and all these different changes happened in their family so even the bank guy is asking him look don't you have like a some kind of account or something like that and i'm thinking well shouldn't he he's working with the likes of tony stark tony Stark could put everyone on the payroll true or not true and And to me, also it parallels to also why Isaiah Bradley was a patriot once again to his country, thrown in prison, and then look what he's living in squalor as well. So certain things just don't add up to me. They really don't add up. Seems to be pretty consistent.
0: Yeah, you know In mean, all the wrong ways. Yeah, it just seems to be pretty consistent. I mean, even to the whole thing of you know the police wanting to arrest him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like they are having an argument. You know, who who do they want to run up on? But you know, for all of the um, the socially conscious topics that they've broached, which you know they bring a light to, which is necessary and is good that they're not shying away from it. Mm-hmm. Um. One thing that I did notice was that for me, like disproportionately, it seems like all of, you know, the the black characters seem to be using a little bit more profanity than their white counterparts. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? In several instances. So, you know, they may have said something like, you know, once or twice, but it seems like all of ours like go there. Now, I don't. You know, my thing is I don't understand, like, if that's supposed to be the stereotype and that makes you, quote, unquote, cool. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's just not necessary. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it was a show that was just going there and it was primarily just all for adults, then I'm like, then let everybody go there. You know what I'm saying? But when I noticed, you know, Falcon repeatedly goes there. When I saw um, U.S. Agents' um, sidekick, he, t- you know, he went there a little bit. And then when I see um, even Isaiah Bradley, like straight out the gate, oh, you know, I kicked you, you know, threw his Mm -hmm. words out there. (laughs) Um, It's just like seems to be like a repetitive thing, and I'm just wondering, like, well, if in your script writing you're very socially conscious, I mean, you're on one hand you're very socially conscious, but then on the other hand you kind of feed into certain stereotypes. Where are we going with this? Like, what's up?
1: So, to your point, I did notice that. I did notice the fact that when Bucky was going to his counselor, right? She asked him, Do you know your three things? The three things that you need to follow, your basic rules. One is you can't do anything illegal. The second one was you can't hurt anybody. And the third one is, to say I am no longer the winter soldier and I'm a part of an uh, and you are a part of my effort to make amends. So, in my thinking, it's bucky and the US agent that are enhanced people, right? And they have cool demeanors, yet they're not the best social people. Like, well, the US agent, he right now is trying to be the the guy that shakes hands and kisses babies in public. And he has a cool demeanor. And yet, like you said, Sam and Isaiah are supposed to be these hothead people that just flying off at the mouth. Right. And yet Bucky is the violent one, right? He has the metal arm that when he even went to pool, that, Oh, Wow. They know him as the Winter Soldier because of the metallic arm, right? And (laughs) I guess he is trying to fight that like a like a inner demon kind of thing and an internal conflict with himself. But yet he's still portrayed in a certain way. He's a felon, but yet you're saying that what felons are cool and level headed is that the psychosis behind them being that way? Is that their motivating factor or the trigger that we should be aware of that will put everyone in jeopardy? Right. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's, um, there's a lot to watch
0: within what you're watching. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Um, like who, he who has eyes to see, we'll see. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, so we, we see where they go. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, you know, they're not, um, kind of coming out of both sides of their mouth with it you know their (laughs) mouths with it like they you know we'll have a little bit of parody you know happening um the u.s agent though Hmm. so he came out back in the 86 and um he's been around he's gone by several names but um u.s agent john walker to me i'm i'm kind of like happy to see him in it because he always kind of intrigued me he was he always seemed to be like captain america with insecurities mm-hmm. you know and they seem to have purposely found somebody that was um less attractive than <laughs> you know what um chris evans would you know seem to come across to a lot of women that you know he's the guy and now you got this brother, this dude over here. My man is over here looking like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. He got the serious, like, his, his chin. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, there's certain features about him that don't just scream uh, the the boy next door look. You know, like your average Joe. It looks like he has... Like some pent up rage and emotion that he is trying to keep in control of, and I think in the encounter that occurred outside the police station when they were when Sam and Bucky were done with their therapy session, that Battlestar, who is u s agent's um sidekick and Sam and Bucky, they were doing an exchange, and the exchange was because they wanted to see if they could help each other out, but then. Bucky was like, you know what? Forget that. And because of that, that one little thing, it looked like the U.S. agent just went like, look, you know what? If you're not with us, you're against us. And if you are, get out of my way. And that's what I was waiting for.
0: I was waiting for that moment where um, U.S. agent was kind of acting like a little funny style, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I remember reading U.S. agent in the comic books, back in the day, in Captain America books, and he always did seem to have, like, a chip on his shoulder. He always seemed to be a little bit perturbed by Steve Rogers, and, um, you know, even when he was as a West Coast Avenger, mm-hmm. you know, he just always, like, just had this extra, like... Uh, um
1: Layer of frustration.
0: Yeah, you know what he kind of reminded me of? He reminded me of... The guy that would not jump on a grenade in Captain America part one when Steve was little, before he took the super soldier serum that um, Tommy Lee Jones's character Mm -hmm. wanted Mm -hmm. and couldn't understand why the doctor and the professor wanted Steve Rogers, a little Steve Rogers, as opposed to this big soldier. Right. He kind of reminds me of him a bit. And he also has sort of an Eddie Brock feel. Like he just got this hater in him. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, you know how Eddie probably be hating on Peter? Yeah. It's like this dude just be hating on Steve. Like, if I can't measure up, then you know.
1: It's like an eternal chip on his shoulder. And yeah. it won't
0: go away, you know? Yeah, it's just like, you know, initially I'm I'm cool, but Deep. it don't take much for me to go left.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and So basically, we get an introduction to the U.S. agent in action from episode one, where we see him and Battlestar on top of two semi-trucks being hijacked by the Flag Smashers. And the Flag Smashers are an online group who basically want things to go back the way they were before the blip. So their motivating factors we later learn are to basically get supplies and things to the camps of people that are going around and helping them. So we see almost like in episode three a change in the motivating factor of why they are the way they are. But we also learn too that Carly, who's the leader of the Flag Smashers, is the very person that stole the super soldier serum from Dr. Neagle, who was originally uh, a Hydra agent He developed it The Super Soldier Serum From taking a sample From Isaiah Bradley's blood Isaiah Bradley told Sam And Bucky on the visit Which agitated him That look you know what I served my country But then I got locked up I got poked and prodded And they took blood samples from me And we later see That these blood samples Were used by Dr. Neagle, uh Basically In an attempt to recreate the super soldier serum, but it didn't happen right away because Hydra got dismantled and then he got picked up by the CIA. But in in the course of all of this, he was one of the people that turned to ash. So when he came back, the CIA's program was done and he had to figure out where to go, who picked him up, but the power broker. And the power broker was like, look, you know what? We're going to do this, and we're going to do this right. He was able to perfect it. And who steals his super soldier serum but Carly? Gives it to all her people. And this is why we first get introduced to the Flag Smashers in a violent way. First overseas, um, where Torres got hurt, who is Sam's friend, and kind of like an agent on the ground who doesn't have the flashiness and isn't recognized like Sam is as an Avenger. And we see them again in the fight. And we really see, look, there are more super soldiers out there, which is what is the motivating factor for Sam and Bucky to really get this. But tell me, the hero, who do we see Bucky and Sam recruit in order to help them in this effort?
0: That's where I was going to go. Um, Flag smashers and their globalist agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're they're definitely proven to be some formidable foes, but we know who the real villain is—none other than. Baron Zemo. There it is. Right? So he is a Baron. He is not broke like <laughs> Sam Wilson, who is the title character. Word. The villain actually has some coin. He has some money. He actually has some Bitcoin. It looked <laughs> like. Didn't that, didn't that seem
1: to pop up? Dude, it did. Mm. Did should... we catch that? Yo, he got a jet plane, dude.
0: Jet plane Yo. reset.
1: Yo, how sweet it is.
0: Mm. Reset. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, shout out to Baron Zemo.
1: <laughs> Look at what we have right here, here. behind
0: Captain America's left knee. Mm. Shout out to the picture, right?
1: <laughs> That's a dope position for the knee. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz he's a villain, so I mean, come on. Right? <laughs> so, um
0: yeah. So basically, like Baron Zemo, um, he gets busy, he could fight. They pulled out the purple mask, which I was happy about. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have the whole purple outfit, which I was also happy about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it is still um, comic book accurate enough right.
1: for me. And he had the fur, though. He had the fur. He had the fur. So mm-hmm. they figured
0: out a way to, you know, pimp him out.
1: Mm-hmm. Pimp him out, pimp him out, pimp him out.
0: Yes, yes. And they said, pimping ain't easy, but it's necessary. Oh, boy. Even in the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> Cups up, comes up on that, and mm-hmm. to um Sam Wilson, no, you did not look like a pimp. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. My man was worried right. about that, which was funny because actually the person that was looking like the pimp mm-hmm. was
1: actually Baron Zemo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. All he missed was
1: the hat, and Sam's uh, Sam was portraying a guy named Smiley Tiger. Yes, Smiley <laughs> Tiger. What kind of name? I don't know. I don't know.
0: But mm-hmm. how are we how excited
1: were we mm-hmm. to get back to Wakanda? Mm-hmm. You know, before we get to Wakanda, I just want to mention also that Sharon played a oh, huge yes, part yes, in this.
0: Yes, shout out to Sharon. My bad, forgot.
1: Mm-hmm. And and basically Sharon. Just to recap. She basically helped steal the Falcon's wings and uh, Cap's shield, and for that, she basically was outed from uh, her involvement with Shield. So she had to go underground. Her going underground led her to Madripo- Madripoor. Yes, and this is basically like a, a like a, a real shady, lawless town, is how uh, Baron Zemo described it. Right, it, and what was interesting is that she was also another character that was not living in poverty. She was basically uh, had to leave S.H.I.E.L.D. and she went to someplace she'd probably never been before yet. Right. She got her hustle on stealing art. And she was living the life of luxury, man. And I'm still like, wow. Like all these people that have like shady backgrounds and not on the up and up and then you have sam wilson and what i found interesting about the exchange when they were all in that space is that sam did not understand that these works of art were the real things and uh bucky had to explain to him look you know when you go to a museum and you see all those things those are fake the real ones are places like
0: this official caught that too it was crazy to me caught that I always said that myself. Yeah, yeah, but you know what was interesting? You can't trust the public with things. Not that's about. just you know what I'm saying that historical. whether some some idiot jump, you know, want to play or trip or something and fall. All ice over, cream falls you know, on it. On a statue, break, bump it, or you know, somebody just bugs out and cuts up. You know the painting or whatever. Dude. Like you know whatever it may be that's on display. You can't just, you know, I, I I always used to think that even as a kid going to any of these museums that I love going to, <laughs> I should be like, could they really put out the official and trust the public in mm-hmm. you know, all these school trips and, you know, just different people coming through and nah. that. But I thought that was interesting anyway.
1: Nah, I thought it was real interesting. And and to me, it, it it also talks to Sam's character. Sam is the perfect person to succeed Steve Rogers because his his sense of look you know what y'all do you and this is not cool but you do you on the survival tip but that's not who sam is right and we're slowly seeing that look you know what bucky bucky was upset at that therapy session because he was like look you know what if if steve was wrong about you that means steve was wrong about me right and that's like the motivating factor for why Bucky is a little perturbed over um, Sam giving up the shield. And then when they were on the plane, (laughs) that was a really interesting scene because he was talking about the shield. Yeah. And he basically was uh, saying, look, you know what? You got to do certain things for the metal. And it's, we're doing it for what the metal represents, the shield. And Sam still had problems with that. Bucky had no problems because he comes from like a background of doing whatever it takes to complete the mission. And that right. also mirrors what the U.S. agent told Battlestar. He was like, look, you know what? It doesn't matter just as long as we get the job done. And he told that to Everybody's his Nobody's going
0: to care about the, Power, the like, why. It's just, you know, did we get it done? Yeah, man. So, yeah, I mean, those are all great points. Um, but real quick again. Mm-hmm. How do we feel going back to Wakanda
1: figuratively? Yes. Yes. So <laughs> Wakanda forever. Let's do it, dude. I love Wakanda. I love the relationship that Bucky has with Wakanda because they call him. Colonizer. Maybe that's what they were. No, no. He's the, <laughs> the, the white. The white wolf. The white tiger. White wolf. I the believe. white bunny. White wolf. Right, right. <laughs> the white wolf. And right on, right on. <laughs> so basically, so so the white wolf, a.k.a. Bucky, does have a good relationship with Wakanda. You know, they were able to give him a um, vibranium arm, basically, a bionic arm. Right. And it's interesting that at the end of episode three of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, there was almost like a breadcrumb or a... a a nugget of a hint that Bucky saw, which is one of those round orbs that I believe Suri had. And she utilized in some different way because they really have a mastery of the technology and how to use vibranium in a good way. And he knew exactly who was there. And one of the, one of the warriors from Wakanda was basically there because they trying to get and kill Baron Zemo. Why? Because they killed T'Challa's father. Yeah. T'Chaka. T'Chaka. Exactly. And they don't want to leave that alone. Even in the black Panther movie, they didn't leave the fact that, um, uh, I forget who the guy's name was, but he stole all this vibranium. Right. And he has a, a metallic arm that he was using in a sonic way. And I think that may be from the cartoon, but um, they basically were look. They were saying, "Look, you know what? We have to get this dude. He stole from us. We can't let it slide. We're always going to be looking for him." King T'Challa, what are we going to do? How are you going to enforce this? How are we going to make this happen? I love the like the steadfast, tenaciousness of what they want to do, and they stop at nothing to get it done. Wakanda.
0: Well, now that you're going back to Wakanda, we got to deal with the fact uh, briefly why? what's going on with Chadwick Boseman as a Black Panther. We know, unfortunately, rest in peace, the brother's no longer with us. Um, Once again, love what he did. It's hard to watch the Black Panther knowing that he's no longer here. Mm -hmm. Hard to watch him go back to Wakanda in Infinity War. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you see him at the end of Endgame come out of... You know, from the blip um, to in the final battle scene, you almost wish in reality he really was going to reappear, you know, back on to the the next scenes of the movies to up to, you know, to come. Mm -hmm. So being that that's the unfortunate sad reality of the situation. um, Where do we go? Where do we anticipate Marvel is going to go with uh, the Black Panther character?
1: So what I'm thinking may happen is maybe Suri takes up the mantle because she's of royalty and it would be within her right to take on the mantle of Black Panther. And in the comic book, she actually does become the Black Panther. So if they explore that, that's going to be interesting. But I I, I think I remember the studio saying they're not going to try to digitally enhance and try to do the whole princess Leia thing where they put her face on someone else's body and try to simulate a dialogue. I don't think they're going to do that. And I think they're going to write script wise him being busy in some kind of way or passing the mantle on maybe because he's disturbed or uh, about how everything transpired at the end of Endgame, game. Cause that's where they have to pick it up you know
0: well what i'm what I'm noticing then trend wise it seems to be that um between the power broker mm-hmm. um uh what, what what's the name that came through that you mentioned um blonde haired lady that came through and was helping them out when they were fighting oh Sharon Sharon mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. bad with these names sometimes, all good, bro. <laughs> Um, Sharon and, uh, the ballhead sister from Wakanda and the, um, if they actually do go in that way of Shuri taking over as the Black Panther, it is now a woman's world.
1: Well, it'll be a, a woman's world in Wakanda for sure. And cause she's not only will be the Black Panther, she'll be the queen of Wakanda.
0: So we're going. So it'll be a matriarchal society, and um, more therapy sessions for Bucky and Falcon. <laughs> Too oh, close for comfort,
1: yo, those. <laughs> 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 so you, you, what, what? If I'm hearing you right, you're referencing the therapy session where they were interlocked as a a means of a therapeutic remedy to what their frustrations were, right? hmm Okay. I remember that.
0: Couples therapy, therapy for <laughs> two guys that are not a couple. <laughs>
1: but they did hash some stuff out, I feel like. You know, they, they you know, they, they worked it out, worked it out, worked it out. Well, they definitely chopped it up on a few things. hmm So,
0: on that note, just a couple things that we noticed from the first three episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's our hot take that it's a very entertaining show. And definitely keep an eye out for Eli Bradley, who is the grandson to Isaiah Bradley, because there's going to be more to come with that. So we see what's happening with that, where they're going to go. Um, that's what I think is going to be the direction. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm excited to see it. You know, like I said, it's a very entertaining show. You know, I'm sure you already checked it out because, you know, that's the hot thing right now. So we had to do a hot take on it. Absolutely. Heat check. Ch-ch-ch-ch. Fuego. Yes. Flame on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. On that note, cups up. Once again, it's another one in the books. I'm Chester Hero.
1: Hasta Comics now. Catch us next time. You Peace. Within us all live a superman Within our souls
0: to survive Survive. 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 Don't you wish you were a superman? Don't you wish you were a superman?